Good morning, guys. Ooh, hi, Mike. Uh, ben, can you help us out there? I don't want to bust anybody's eardrums. Man, happy Father's Day to all the dads. Almost said in the room. Not that, though. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out here. Uh, hopefully today is going to be fantastic for you. And like Kelsey said already, I just want to I want to shout out. Uh, normally, we, we pick somebody to, to do a caught you serving and we highlight how they've served, and, and I want to highlight all of those people who were there this morning who, uh, before we could ever even get in the building, had everything unloaded and ready to go, and uh, we did have some trouble getting in the building this morning, so we, we made the call to meet out here, and what's cool about that is, man, I, like, I think God sort of prepared the way for that. The weather's great. If you guys are in, it's like you you're just can't handle the sun. There's still shade up here. And so come up here. You're not going to bother me. You're not going to bother anybody else. Uh, find somewhere that you can sit. Um, I do want to highlight uh, somebody else this morning, though, because uh, he and, and his wife are here. Carlton and Sherry Anderson. It, you guys may not remember, but we did a video last year with just local pastors who were very much in support of Arrows Church. Carlton is one of those pastors, and so... Uh, they they gave us they gave us our very first equipment as Arrows Church. And so I just want to thank you guys for supporting us, and thanks for being here. Happy Father's Day! And uh, let's see, um, yeah, I think we already did those. So let me open us up in prayer this morning. Father God, thank you for just a a, a different day, a day that you saw coming, and. Uh, we, we've been able to handle, and we, we know that being a follower of Jesus sometimes requires flexibility and creativity, and God, we thank you that um, we are not bound to worshiping you any certain way or any certain place, any certain day, at any certain time. We can worship you anywhere, anytime, any way, God, and we, we celebrate the opportunity that we get to have to be outside in your creation, hearing the birds, hearing that rooster across the street, and just loving you and worshiping you. I pray you speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. You didn't know he was there until I just said it, did you? Now you won't be able to stop hearing it. So um, I want to read our, our passage that we're going to talk about this morning. I, I sort of shortened the sermon from what it was going to be, but I still want to read the passage. We've been in Galatians. We've been working our way through, and uh, so I'm going to get here. One-handed like. All right, Galatians chapter 4, and we're going to just focus on the first seven verses of chapter 4 this week, but in order to really understand what he's talking about, we kind of have to go back one verse and, and borrow from a verse we read last week in chapter 3. Okay, so let's go back to Galatians chapter 3, the last verse, verse 29. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according, according to the promise. What I'm saying is that, this is chapter 4 now, what I'm saying is that as long as the heir is a child, he's no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. Till the, uh, he is subject to the guardians and the trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. 
But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. So I just thought, man, this is a great passage to look at on Father's Day uh, for a lot of different reasons. But did you know that a baby's cry actually mimics the voice of one of its parents? A baby's cry actually mimics the voice of, what do you think, the father or the mother? It would have been great if it was the father, right? Because it's Father's Day. But it's not. It's not the father. It's the mother. A baby's uh, cry mimics the, 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 the voicings and the intonations of the mother's voice, okay? Now, if you're a mom in, in the crowd, that's probably not that big of a shock to you because that's how you can tell your child's crying voice over a room full of other crying children. You can just pick their voice out. And But here's the thing, as cool as that is, that actually works the same for children of God. When we become children of God, we have a voice that mimics our father. And that voice sounds like this, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. There, there are many names we can call our fathers. Dad, Papa. I personally love it when they call me Big Papa. <laughs> Some of you get that. Paul, Pop, Padre, Poppy, Pop, Pop, Daddy, and Father. Uh, my, my dad never liked for us to call him Father. Uh, he's kind of old school. Uh, and for him, it was a respect thing for God. He's like, I'm not your father. I'm your dad. Your father's in heaven. But I was like, but you are. Like, you are my father. You know? So anyway, it was kind of a funny thing. But anyway, um, what we call God says more about us than I think what it says about God. Because it's a difference if you call your, your earthly dad, dad, and you call your earthly dad, big daddy. Like, those are different. Okay, they mean different things. But it says more about us, what we call God. And, and when we talk about Abba, Father, what that literally means is Daddy God, Dada God. Where's, where's Rochelle? Uh, was it uh, Everly this yeah, weekend? She said, Dada. she said Dada this weekend for the very first time. Well, there she is. She's looking at me like, whoop. <laughs> Yeah, that's literally what Abba Father is. It's like a child saying, Dada. It's that innocent, um, it speaks to the, the complete need for the Father. You are Daddy God. You are Dada God, is what Abba Father means. Now, it's important to note at this point, whenever you start talking about fathers, that might be hard for some of you. Because you're like, you know what? The only example of a father that I've ever had is not really what I would consider a great example. Some of you come from, from really strong examples of what a good earthly father should be for you. And, and, and they taught you all the things, right? They taught you uh, how to love a spouse. They taught you how to be respectful to one another. They taught you how to work hard. They taught you how to fix all the things. They taught you all the things you need to know. Some of you 
have very different experiences of your earthly father. And, and what I want you to know and realize and remember, and I think you might know this, but I want you to remember, you're, like when we think about God, God of the universe, being our father, he is not a representation of your earthly father. He is the perfection of him. He is the perfection of what your earthly father should have been. Every way that your earthly father fell short, and, and even if he was great, he still fell short. God, our Father, is the perfection of what he should have been, maybe wasn't, or maybe did a pretty decent job of. He's still the perfection of him. So I want to focus just really on that one of those verses today. Verse 4, it says, But when the time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. The Apostle Paul who wrote this, he's making the argument, and he says, look, picture it this way. He throws this analogy out there. If, there's a, if you have a child, and the father died, and the father left that child all of the inheritance, that child is really no better off than a slave until he comes of age. Even though he has inherited everything that his father had, he doesn't have access to it yet because he's not of age. And so that child is really dependent on the guardians that are around him to help him until he gets to the age where he knows what to do with the inheritance. Does that make sense? And Paul is telling the Gentiles, that's the law. The law was given as guardians until we could, in a sense, come of age, meaning until Jesus came. That's when we would come of age and, and be able to know what to do with the inheritance. That's the point Paul's trying to make. But this verse, verse 4 and 5, it speaks to uh, adoption. Has anybody ever been a part, uh, you've taken a part in the process of adoption? Okay, a few, few of you. Adoption, um, earthly adoption, right? It can be expensive, it can be intensive, it can be extensive, all the things. And, and when you're talking about international adoption, it requires some things. It requires uh, you to travel to a country that you're not a, a member of, you're a foreigner, and you have to stay there for a period of time until you see the process come to completion. And then and only then can you bring the child home at that point. Shelly and I, we have, we have some really good friends. They live down in uh, the Houston area. We actually went to high school together. Uh, Ernest and Deborah, they went through the process of adopting a child from Haiti uh, several years ago. And they spent two years doing paperwork and all the forms and all the background checks and home studies and all the things, right? Two years. And the week that they were supposed to get Ronell from Haiti, it was 2010, the giant earthquake hit Haiti. That week. They were actually staying with us at the time. And the building that all of the paperwork was in for the last two years was just destroyed. And so, Ernest is like, I'm going to go down there. And we're like, dude, what are you talking about? You can't go down there. Like, it's a giant earthquake. There's no planes going into Haiti. He's like, I'm going to get there. And, and so we just prayed for God to do a miracle, and he got there. I don't know how he did. He found some private planes or something, but he got there. 
And he basically camped out um, in the embassy for two weeks, trying to redo all the, of the paperwork that they spent the last two years doing. There was uh, this one form that they needed that they actually had a copy of back in their house in Houston. And uh, there you go. That's on purpose, by the way. Nobody's hurt. That's, that's on purpose. Um, so we were living north of Dallas at the time, and remember, they were staying with us. And so uh, one night, Shelly and Deborah, they drive all through the night back to Houston, and they get to their house, and they realize Deborah doesn't have a key to the house. And so they have to literally break in her own home, and Shelly, like, shimmies through the the kitchen window, you know, and they get the form, and they get it down to him. Um, but anyway, so that's literally what Ernest did through a miracle. He traveled to another country where he was the foreigner. He stayed there for a period of time until the process was completed, and then he brought him home. And I wish we had, like, the projector because I had, like, this really cool picture of them bringing Ronell home and from the airport and all that, and maybe I'll show you that sometime. Um, but guys, isn't that a beautiful picture of what Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago? Through a miracle, he came to a country that, that he was a foreigner. And he stayed there until the process was completed. And he hung on that cross and said, it is finished. And then he's calling his children home at that point. But get this. Isn't it also a beautiful picture of what Jesus is currently doing for us? Through another miracle, he went to a country, and now he's waiting there until the process is complete, until God the Father says, go get your bride, and then he will come back to us and bring his sons and his daughters home, to, to our forever home. So I want you to see two things about this verse. Number one, when we are adopted into God's family, it changes our nature. When Ernest and Deborah adopted Ernest, or uh, Ronell, like, he became theirs legally, and he became theirs relationally. But it did not change his nature. His nature was still the same. When God adopts us, we become his legally, and we become his relationally. And it changes our very nature. We get a new uh, DNA. Second Corinthians said, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The, the old has gone and everything becomes new. We are completely changed, our very nature, when God adopts us. And the second thing it changes is our purpose. Just like that new, newborn baby comes out sounding like its mom, like its parent, we as God's sons and daughters sound like our parent when we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, God. When you read the Bible and you read every time that Jesus addressed God, he didn't say, oh, great God in heaven. No, he said, Abba, Father, Daddy, God, I need you in this moment. And so I just want to, I want you to ask yourselves uh, really two questions. I kind of want you to just think about these two questions today, this week. As you go about the week, number one, are you a child of God? Are you a child of God? And, and tied with that, do you feel like a child of God? And, and if, you, if you say, you know, I don't know that I feel like a child of God, well, maybe let that answer your first question. 
are you a child of God? Because I believe as sons and daughters of God who have been adopted into God's family, that changes our nature, it changes our purpose, it changes everything. And, and that change ought to cause us to feel differently. And so if you are having a hard time feeling differently, then maybe investigate that. Maybe reach out to somebody you trust. This is not a question that you can process alone. This is something you need to process this with someone who you know will tell you the truth. And if you don't have anybody who you know will tell you the truth, call me. Call me. I'm actually really easy to talk to. I am. Because, and the reason is this. It's because if you have doubts and fears and, and, and disillusionments about God, that doesn't scare me off. Because I've had the same one. I've had the same one. There's been moments in my life where I have cried out with my hands raised in praise to God. And there's been other times in my life when I've had my hand raised, closed, cursing his name. There's been times when I've been just like completely surrendered. God, I feel that you are carrying me right now. And there's been other times when I feel that he's been a million miles away and literally forgotten who I was. And there's been times when, when I have surrendered to him with everything I have. On the, and I've been on the mountaintop, but there's also been those valley times. And I don't stand up here as a travel agent, no offense to any travel agents in the room, who, who's like trying to convince you to go to a place that even I've only ever seen pictures of. I, I stand up here as a tour guide, saying, I've been there. Let me show you. Let me show you where the, the pitfalls are. Let me show you where the cliff stops. Right? Like, let me help you get there. And so, I just want you to, to think about that this week as we go, and especially today on Father's Day. As, as men, as we try to lead our families well, the best way we know how, and we're going to fail all the time, but as we try to lead our families well, let's not be found guilty having more favor, favorable words for God's bride, Jesus' bride, the church, than we have for our own bride. And so if we're going to lift up Jesus' bride, then we better lift up our own, okay? And so that's my challenge for you today. Let's, let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. It's clarity to us. We, we pray that as we, re, as we read this, that you help us feel the, the joy and the peace and the confidence and all the things that come with being your child. And that doesn't mean that everything is awesome. Your word tells us in Hebrew, Hebrews that, that, that you discipline your children. And God, that's not a bad thing. You discipline us because you love us. Just the same way that we discipline our kids. A child who is not disciplined is a child who is not loved. So God, help us follow you well this week. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.